0: And that's where we, we figured that the, the LED opportunity would give us some of that. So, give us a little bit more of that bar feel, a little bit more youthful energy, uh, and really elevate to that demographic uh, differently than we might have in some of our other spaces.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Dactronics Experience Podcast. I'm Justin Oxner here with Matt Anderson. Today, we're joined by Mike Wierzbicki. Senior Associate Athletics Director, External Affairs for the University of Minnesota. He shares his background in working at the university, details of the upcoming installation at Huntington Bank Stadium, how they will use the new technology, and more. We're here today with Mike. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, guys. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, and Matt's across the table. How you doing there, Matt? I'm doing good, thank you. All right, Mike. You're here to talk about University of Minnesota and they're getting some new displays for football stadium. But first we want to kind of hear your background story. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got to the position you're at with the University of Minnesota?
0: Yeah, of course. Well, I have been really lucky. I'm a, I'm a Minnesota native myself, so had the uh the privilege of uh coming back home to the Twin Cities uh summer of 2016 uh to lead our marketing staff and then have been lucky enough to uh ride my coattails with our athletic director, Mark Foyle, and, and uh, you know, grow myself internally a bit here. So, you know, been been privileged to uh, have a couple spots. It was at Penn State prior to the University of Minnesota, I was at St. Cloud State University for a few years, and then also a, a few spots uh, throughout minor league sports, uh, you know, ultimately bringing me back here to the U of M. And so it's been an awesome journey. We've got a great staff, an amazing fan base. The Twin Cities
2: is a beautiful market, and so it's been a, a, a real blessing to be back here. That's great. Yeah, St. Cloud State, that's close to where I came up by Princeton, Minnesota. But... um. <laughs> Uh, so when you were kind of, I'm thinking like, we always call it origin stories too, but even before you got involved in athletics, like at what point did you know that this is something that you wanted to do for a career? Like, was it, you know, halfway through college kind of like, how did you get up to this position that you're like, yep, this is what I want to do with my life?
0: Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think, you know, uh, I think like a lot of people, I was the, uh, you know, the athlete that realized, I think at the end of high school, that, uh, I had no further career in athletics. And so you know, went off to college and, you know, wanted to maybe get in economics or Wall Street and always had a passion for the business aspect. And then, you know, I graduated. And it's OK. Now, what, what am I going to do? And so I actually worked for a couple of years in corporate America um, and kind of just uh, hit to myself that, you know, I've always had a passion for sports. Um, but I've also had a, a real passion for business as well. And, and and was there a way for me to to combine that experience? And so I tell a lot of our, you know, especially even undergrad students now. I wasn't smart enough to have a lot of uh you know internship experience uh while i was in college uh within our athletics department so for my first shot i, w- I was working in uh, in minor league sports as an unpaid intern when i left my job in corporate america just to to build my network and, and build some experience and that just opened me up to the sports business um opened me up to you know uh the lifestyle and and that's really what it is right it's a lifestyle not a job and uh, really gave me the opportunity to blend my passion for sports but also blend that um, with a business aspect and i think now especially fast forward, you know, 15 years or whatever it's been. Um, and especially in college athletics and you look at how our industry is evolving um, becoming much and much more business like unfortunately, right? We're still higher education at the end of the day and, and providing amazing experiences for our student athletes, uh, really we've you know morphed more into a, a business um, that operates within higher education. So really, it's been an awesome opportunity for me uh, in my career and and really been able to blend both my passions of of business as well as uh, just athletics in general.
1: Does that kind of lead more into what you're doing today is is that blending of those two passions
0: yeah completely and i think that's what i, I really love about my day job and people ask you know what do you get to do every day and, and every day is different and, and some days we're we're talking about video boards and fan experience and some days we're talking about ticket sales and sponsorship and social media strategy and and i really love that you know my, my job's about building our fan base and and driving attendance and obviously driving revenue to support all the amazing things that we do to support our student athletes um, and it's challenging, right? There, there's ups and downs, but every day is different. Um, but I really enjoy the aspect that, you know, I get my hands on a lot of different pieces that move our organization forward, all with the goal of generating the resources to provide for our 500-plus student athletes. So, um, it, you know, it's it, it's mission-driven, right? And there's a lot of benefits to that, but it gives me an opportunity that uh, that I can still be involved and, and obviously still find ways that that we can give back and, and support our students.
2: And my good question, I like to ask people too, especially when we're talking about these, you know, how did you get to where you are now, and what do you do now when it's, when it's athletic directors and it's at a college? It's such a unique area because, you know, how many different sports you have at that college. So, I mean, you, you get some to stick out at the top of your head. I know we'll, we'll kind of dive into the new football stadium here coming up, but maybe just give us a little bit of, a, of what it's like. I mean, there's really – I mean, it's, it's the cliche thing, right? There's no off season, but when you're in college athletics, there's almost always something going on, whether it's a swimming, tennis, football, basketball – how do you kind of you know keep your head wrapped around all the different sports that are going on? No,
0: you're you're spot on, you're hundred percent correct. And then I joke about it a little bit because I think it's um you know, it just kind of becomes a little bit addicting. And, you know, I, I actually love the fact that, you know, you can go through a fall season and and, you know, football's up, maybe volleyball's down, or you get into the winter and, and hockey's up, but basketball's down, or wrestling's up and gymnastics is down. Like there there really is no downtime and I think um you know that they, they just for us, it, it creates a challenge of you're always pushing forward for the next event or the next season. Um, but there's always a positive, right? And when you've got 22 amazing programs, um, no one's ever down all the time. And so there's always a positive message. So for me, being a, a pretty optimistic person, um, there's always some sort of positivity you can rally around with with that many programs and, and that much visibility that just gives you a chance that uh, you, you can't sulk and, and you're going to have losses and you're going to have down times. But there's always that next day and that's that next turn to, uh, to focus on something that's positive. And so, like, again, yeah, it, it comes with challenges of, you know, balancing resources and, and time management and organization and, and all those things that you can imagine when when you're going almost nonstop um, really challenges you to, to prepare and, and, you know, think strategically ahead of the seasons. But, you know, again, you get into season and it's just, you know, on to the next event and the next
1: opportunity. That's crazy. 22 programs. I'm guessing you mean 22 sports as well or, or teams as well?
0: It is. And I think depending on how you count that, right. even for us, you know, you count indoor track as well as outdoor tracks. So, oh yeah. Um, you know, and cross country kind of fits in that as well. So you know, for us, you know, 22 is the official count, um, which again, it, it gives you this blend from August until hopefully into June, depending on how, uh, outdoor track and field and, and golf and, and baseball softball do, but, mm-hmm. uh, you, you're kind of nonstop from, from August through June. And then you exhale a little bit in, in June through August. And, Get your plans together and get ready for the
1: next season. I love how you said you exhale a little bit because I'm sure <laughs> you, with all these programs, you've got multiple venues that are running and hosting these events, multiple places for people to park, to come into these venues and, and enjoy the entertainment of, of all these programs performing. And not all of them are, you know, one day at a time or only one on a single day. There's got to be multiple that are happening on multiple days. And maybe that's what some people might might not completely wrap their head around with college sports is there could be one day with five different programmings performing for you, just depending on seasons that add up. Oh, completely. And I think we joke about a little bit in the business and and we'll call it crossover season. So you kind
0: of think about November. November is always one of our busiest months as you've got your fall sports starting to wind down. But you've got your winter sports starting to pick up and you might have men's and women's basketball and foot football and men's and women's hockey and volleyball all in the same time. So November. And then usually for us it's kind of February to March. You'll see the same thing with winter sports into spring sports, where, you know, luckily we we've seen a lot of success in our programs. And so the more postseason opportunities and you move into to NCAA play, you know, prolongs those seasons. And then you've also got seasons starting up. So again, it's it's a balance. It, it's really a balance in time management and, and resources and personnel, um, especially when
2: you have success and, and your seasons get even longer. Absolutely, I love the crossover season. We've definitely heard that a lot of times too. It's um maybe could you give us you know every campus is different. Could you give us a high level of what is the University of Minnesota like as far as your campus and athletics and I would say your your stadiums and facilities kind of is it all on campus? You have some off campus. Kind of what's the layout?
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, for those not too familiar with Minneapolis, right in the, the heart of the Twin Cities, and um, you know, we we do consider ourselves a, a major metro market and urban campus that we're right, you know, a, a mile or two away from downtown Minneapolis. And obviously you've got a variety of, of pros and cons, but I think the, the biggest opportunity and we're a large campus and fifty thousand plus students and tremendous access to Fortune five hundred companies and, and obviously career opportunities. And so being in, in the Twin Cities really gives you a, a, a huge, you know, opportunity with, with future career. Um, you know, readiness and and networking and connections from our alumni perspective, and so we're in a tremendous spot. And now also that creates a variety of different challenges with you know uh, traffic or you know just planning around um, you know the, the 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 things that come up with with being in a big city. But you know we we have a lot of our athletic compound, as we'll call it, um, really is in most of our competition facilities are all in one area, and we've got a beautiful. Athletes Village that we opened in in uh, January of twenty seventeen that really kind of serves as our home base for all of our programs and our nutrition center and our academic support and leadership development all happens within our athletics uh, athletes Village and then we've got our competition facilities all within roughly maybe a, a three to four block radius and so it's wonderful that we've got everything pretty close by um, but also kind of you know talking about crossover seasons and the complexities of overlapping events um, can lead to some different challenges with being on a college campus and managing thousands of people for hockey and basketball and and football all at the same time uh, or or relatively close to one another. So you deal with with the pros and the cons, but I think ultimately uh, I tell people we're really lucky at the U of M, and and when you're in a major market, your alumni are close by, and and when we've got a basketball game on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, well, we've got a great metro market from, you know, within 30 miles that we can recruit people to that sometimes you don't have, you know, uh, the same type of population when you're in a more rural college campus.
1: Yeah. You were just talking about the alumni that are close. And I was thinking, you know, you had the the athletes village and your your competition um, facilities that were kind of close. And that's got to be just electric when it comes to game day. And, and like, is there a feeling of energy with the alumni um, coming back to campus to attend the events and support the athletics?
0: Oh, definitely. And there's nothing like, I mean, obviously football game day is special. It's unique. And, and those seven home games in the fall, you just get this sense of pride. Right. And and you see alumni coming back and, and people making memories. And, and now we even see it, you know, in, in nicer you know times in the year. And whether it's with hockeys or basketballs and, you know, a little shorter day uh, than what you have on, on a football game day. But I, I think we talk about that a lot. And, and you've got this tremendous affinity to the institution whether that's Minnesota or, or any other school and, and a lot of people have created amazing memories and obviously spent a lot of time and energy on campus if they went to school here and so uh those game days are always special and and you know for us being in Minneapolis and you know you've got the seasons changing and you've got the fall and homecoming and you know the leaves you know change colors and, and things are beautiful it's just uh you know it's always a really special time and I think you know you talk about the grind sometimes of college athletics especially and it's 24 7 and almost 365. Mm-hmm. Those game days are really what give you that adrenaline, and you know it's just it's motivating. Um, and, and seeing people enjoy the atmosphere, obviously enjoy cheering on our team, celebrating uh, their passion for the U of M, uh, just makes you excited about coming to work every day.
2: That's awesome. And I I was thinking about we talked about in a call prior to of one time uh, my wife and I went to a football game down there at the stadium, and it was it was one of those beautiful days out. It was electric, and there's so many things to do around the stadium. It was such a a fun atmosphere. Kind of the the picture you were painting is spot on. It was. No, first time going there not really sure but walking around there were restaurants bars all around there was just a really good atmosphere all around there for being in a you know an urban type environment so um but this kind of ties into you know you mentioned that football is a little different when it comes to game days before game days so I know a big topic we wanted to dive into today was Huntington Bank Stadium so maybe could you give our listeners a little you know a brief little history of the stadium and kind of where it's at now
0: yeah, for sure. So uh, we're we're lucky, a uh, beautiful on-campus football stadium for a number of years. Uh, University of Minnesota played at what was the Metrodome um, in, in downtown Minneapolis, a few miles away where it the, where the, used to be the home of the Vikings and the Twins. And, um, you know, bringing football back to campus was a really important thing that uh, our previous administration had worked through. And so in 2009, we opened at that point what was TCF Bank Stadium. Um, and then fast forward to uh, 2021. Huntington Bank uh, acquired TCF Bank. So we went through a rebrand at the stadium uh, two years ago and uh, just a gorgeous facility when you can have football on campus. And and again, a a rather modern facility that, you know, building a 50,000 seat stadium uh, certainly comes with significant costs. You don't see a lot of brand new stadiums uh, in this day and age. Um, So we are currently the the newest stadium in the Big Ten, um, which gives us, you know, again, tremendous opportunity. We're not the largest, but I do think that you look at the premium opportunities being in a major market you compare Huntington Bank Stadium to U.S. Bank Stadium now for the Vikings or Excel Energy Center where the Wild Play or, or Target Center where the Minnesota Timberwolves are, um, you know, the Minneapolis clientele expects a, a certain level of, of service and, and game day operations. And and so for us, having that at Huntington Bank Stadium and whether that's suites or loges or obviously interactive video displays, you know, that's really important for us to compete in a market where um, people are looking uh, at different places to spend their discretionary dollar. And, and so we're really lucky to have football back on campus. And obviously, I think it's done a lot for our campus and tradition and, and student engagement, um, leading to obviously future opportunities as alumni that that you can do so much with football and really rally around football when you've got it on campus.
1: And now that it's on campus and and we kind of helped a little bit with that with video displays and the the entertainment experience that people can get when they're in the stadium and they look for the replays and the stats and scores and things like that. Um, and you guys are just doing an upgrade of that. Was there anything that kind of drove the the upgrade of video technology within the stadium?
0: Yeah, I think for us, I mean, you, again, you talk about two thousand nine, right? So uh, you know, just nearing the point, you know, at, at twelve plus years of hey, technology is is ready for an upgrade, and, and so many advancements um, in the areas of electronics and other partners are are doing with displays, and so it you know was one a timing thing, and then I think you know probably COVID. Um, escalated things a little bit we probably would have liked to do things sooner but you know COVID kind of shook up everyone's world a little bit mm-hmm. um, but I think with that being said you know you just look at what you're trying to do uh, with especially football and and the game day experience and and we know how amazing TV is and, and the TV product being delivered at home where you don't have to battle traffic and you might be able to uh, you know have a little bit different uh, affordable concessions compared to what you might have uh, buying at the grocery store um, so I think that how can we find ways to elevate the game day experience and, and really make being in the stadium special um, compared to what you're going to experience at home? And, and as much as that TV experience is continuing to escalate, there's still a certain um, you know aspect that you can only get in the stadium. You can only get that feeling and that emotion and interaction with the band. And obviously what you see on the video board and, and our mascot and cheerleaders, you're not going to have that experience at home. And I think the, the technology and video board displays are a huge piece of the game day experience that we really lean into and, and separate from what you're going to get with the TV experience at home.
2: Yeah, I love that when we talked to customers, Justin, during like uh, you know COVID and when everything was happening, it was that it hit everyone tough. Obviously, especially because live events didn't have people coming to them. But there was this phrase they kept using was was a pent up demand. Yes. So there was this like, all right, at some point people are going to realize what they missed at live events and they're going to come back, exciting, wanting more. And things like that so you know we're talking about Huntington bank stadium right now and the upgrades that you're making um could you give me a guess an overview of what all updates are happening i mean we a lot of times we talk about the main video board but that's not it is it
0: yeah no front and that's where we're excited and i think that uh we'll have seven displays going in as part of this project and some of that is uh replacing existing technology some of that's expanding and, and some of that's new so it's really comprehensive which we're excited about so our, our main west end zone display we're going to add a lower uh, ribbon board to that main display where we'll have stats and, uh, and game information displayed. Uh, we'll obviously also be doing our auxiliary board on the east end of the stadium, as well as our, our fascias on the north and south side of the stadium. And then I think the one that really uh, stands out to us is, is actually an opportunity within our club Cambria space on the third floor of our premium levels. And so that's a bit a space that um, has an awesome interior club area as well as an exterior uh, seating area. And so we've always had traditional large uh tv displays throughout the space and and we kind of decided that we need to elevate the experience in there and so we're bringing in a uh, a large 30 plus foot um you know uh led display within that space with live video stats integration probably some sponsorship messaging to really amplify the club experience maybe give you a little bit more bar restaurant type of feel to watch some other games as well uh given that we know how passionate people are of not only watching our own games but also keeping an eye of what's going on around the country and and so I think that's where we look at it is, you know, how can we make sure we're elevating the experience we have within the bowl, within our main displays, but then also finding ways that we can uh, increase and elevate the experience through some of our premium areas as well.
2: That's awesome. And I'm, I'm you know, we're seeing LED boards, um, out, we say outside the bowl more and more often in applications like you're talking about right now. So when you were looking at it, you know, and you said there were TVs in there prior, kind of, I was, I'm kind of curious, like, where did the conversation go to, Okay, TVs are nice, but we need LED boards in here. Was it to kind of create that wow factor or kind of what brought that in?
0: Yeah, I think for us it, it was wow factor, but I think it also was experiential. And, and we're, again, you know, in a lucky spot with a, a stadium that was built in 2009 that we do have a variety of different premium levels from an indoor club that's all-inclusive to suites and loges, and then our, our outdoor club, our club, Cambridge Space, um, which is an all-inclusive. And so we have a variety of different premium benefits how do we distinguish one another, right? And how do we create a different experience for a different demographic? And the group that we have in our third floor club Cambria is a different group than we have in our sixth floor indoor club. And so that was where we kind of honed in on, hey, we want to make this third floor club Cambria experience a, a little bit more, I wouldn't say full nightlife, but just kind of a, a little bit more modernized, a little bit more lively. And that's where we we figured that the, the LED opportunity would give us some of that, so give us a little bit more of that bar feel, a little bit more youthful energy uh, and really elevate to that demographic uh, differently than we might have in some of our other spaces.
1: Yeah, it's great to hear what's going on with that space. It's really cool. It's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people think about when they go to games or, or hey, what's in this club area and it'd be cool experience or something a little bit different. Have you thought of uh, different uses for it as well? I know being a, the university, you've got a lot of different things going on, a lot of different needs for athletics. Is or even other events, is that something that you see as a multi use space as well outside of football game day?
0: Oh, you're, you're spot on, and I think that's one of the reasons why we really targeted that Club Cambria display. And so, um, you know, that is our, our most multi purpose space than our venues, and being a space that can hold anywhere to you know maybe eight to eight hundred to a thousand people, depending on the room setup, we'll do wedding receptions, we'll do team banquets, we'll do networking events, and so it really is a multi purpose space for our campus as well as external partners and so with adding this display gives us a lot more customization with event rentals and i think being again in a really competitive market where you can find rental space all throughout the twin cities how can we differentiate ourselves and obviously it's unique when you can do an event Within a, a Big Ten football stadium, but how do we also provide some different audiovisual technology that can really enhance your experience and and provide you a, a first-class service compared to other venues in town? So that was definitely part of it. You know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, football is the primary intended purpose, and, and elevating that game day experience was was priority number one. But real quickly after that was how do we put in some technology that's also going to benefit us in this kind of more traditional event rental space that uh, we're very busy with throughout the other you know 360 days a year.
2: Well, I mean, considering it's an outdoor stadium too, which is something that I love about this kind of use case is that sometimes people say, like, oh, do we need an outdoor and an indoor, I don't know, football space to play in because we want to do other events? But I love that it's j- just because it's an outdoor setting doesn't mean there's not other areas of the stadium that you can use to upgrade and, and, and hold events like yours. So I feel like it's almost the best of both worlds because when it's a beautiful day out, an outdoor football game is the best. It's way better than <laughs> I think, you know, but like, you were able to get that experience but then also be able to use it because, again, it's a lot of money going into these facilities and you want to make sure to to get the most you can out of it for when that main sport is not in season. Oh, you're you're definitely right. And, and uh, we don't shy away
0: from it, right? We're, we're in Minnesota and, and we're in the north. And so, you know, you've got winter months of, of snow and ice and that's where this type of space where we can still host events and again we'll have team meals we'll have recruiting events and, and again the facility is in use 360 days a year um you know we're, we're also forward-thinking enough to know that we we maximize the opportunity which can be outside but also make sure that we take advantage of the the beautiful facility when uh, the weather isn't quite in your favor
1: yeah and, and we kind of got away from sports a little bit there too with the different uses of the stadium and is there other events that you've held there that are bigger name events that you can share right now I mean, i'm assuming you use the stadium itself and the field for for different things.
0: Oh, we do for sure. And I think uh, the stadium's seen so much since our, our time in 2009. And, and some of the big things to go back to, and, and people now forget about it a little bit, with Minnesota Vikings now having a gorgeous U.S. Bank Stadium and hosting the Super Bowl in, in 2018, I believe. Um, You know, unfortunately, when when they had an incident with uh, the Metrodome and and having damage to that roof, we served as the host for the Minnesota Vikings for a few years. Uh, we also served as the host. Uh, for the Minnesota United uh, in the MLS. And then obviously we've been a concert venue as well. So hosting things from Beyonce, which we're welcoming Beyonce back in uh, in July okay. to U2 and Rolling Stones. And and so that's where, um, you know, we look at it again as primarily a football facility, but you look at the summer months, especially, and if there's ways that we can capitalize on, on our space and being outside, having tremendous technology, having a great seating bowl, and we can bring in some large events. Um, that's certainly something that that we try and do as well within, you know, the confines of, of being on a college campus. And so we've had a lot of success with that and, and hoping to stay active in the concert business as we go forward.
2: I love that too. Yeah. The Beyonce coming up is a huge one the, yeah, this no summer kidding. too. And like you said, that's another, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a recruiting aspect too, right? To show. I mean, not just athletic or student athletes, but students in general. Look at all the fun things that can happen on this campus. And this, these are just more reasons why you should want to come here. But
0: uh, it is, and I think also be frank for us too. I mean, it's it's opportunity for events, but I think also it, it allows us to maximize some of our sponsorship relationships. And just again, the more people you have coming to campus using the facility, you know, that's value to our naming rights partner in Huntington Bank Stadium, and that's value to you know our club partners like Cambria. And so uh, again, the more use we can have just further drive some of the value in in our external partners and in what they're doing at the stadium.
1: Is there anything with the new displays that you think you can help maximize for those sponsorships? Or was that a driving force behind any of the displays that you're adding to the stadium?
0: Yeah, it was a factor. And I think always, you know, we look at just how can we find more ways to innovate it? And you look at, you know, especially with sponsorship and and messaging, um, it's not just slap a logo up on a sign these days, right? And, And how can you find ways to you know, uh, fit brand, but also add, add motion, add different sponsorship content, find some more customization. And I think that's one of the things that we've been excited about. We've been a long time partner of Dactronics and have a great relationship together, that it's not just a display, it's how can we customize the display and make sure that it really fits for delivering the right messages and the right type of content. Um, and so that that's something we're excited about. And when we're working through some new layouts that I think is going to both give us an expanded win, uh, you know video window, which I think, you know, at the end of the day, how are we maximizing live content and, and replays, but also gives us some ways to integrate uh, sponsorship messaging around statistics and, and other game information that I think is going to be valuable for our partners too.
2: And then thinking about all these different displays coming in and the upgrades and things made, I know talking to you prior to the episode too, we, we were touching on the control system aspect of things. And something I want to dive into too is stuff that you said about you know, you're having students working in the control room. So could you maybe talk about that and kind of the experience that they're getting as a part of their education?
0: Yeah, and it's something that I think, unfortunately, a lot of our, our fans and supporters don't always see, you know, what goes on behind the scenes. And um, something we take a lot of pride in through our our digital production team who handles all of our live streaming and our video board production. And for us to execute any of our events, uh, we need a student workforce. And so I think that is an area where we get really excited about giving back that, yes, at the end of the day, we are on you know a college campus and we are about you know driving real life experiences and in preparing these young men and women for what their future careers may be and and we're kind of unique that we're one of the avenues on campus that can give you experience in live production and event management and so our for digital team will have you know uh, anywhere between you know 30 to 50 students working on a football game day Operating graphics machines in the control room, uh, serving as camera operators out in the video pool, um, doing live streaming or other different events, and so it's it's really an awesome opportunity to remain connected to the academic mission of campus while also blending obviously our uh, our business, which is is producing live events and and uh, hosting sporting events, and so our student workforce has been tremendous, and we've been lucky. To see those students go on to to full-time careers in TV or in arena management or with professional organizations or sometimes been lucky enough to keep them and uh, convince them to stay at the University of Minnesota. And that's been a huge aspect. And and with the control system is making sure that we can train them and, and again, produce real-life experience that they can't really get that hands-on experience anywhere else uh, and, and we're able to deliver that on campus.
1: Yeah. And you're talking about those events. And uh, like you said, a lot of people don't understand there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes to make it happen. It's not like you're just putting in a big TV and hitting the play button and it turns <laughs> on and does what you need it to. Yep. So it's it's cool to hear there you've got the students in there and they're getting some of that experience and, and they're able to get it while while working on it and while attending college. Um, and I think during our pre-call, you even talked about some students that are coming in, we're even having some experience with, <laughs> with just Daktronic stuff before they even got there and had a little bit of experience uh, on the control room side before they started working with you.
2: Oh,
0: you're, you're spot on. I think, and again, you guys mentioned it earlier, I think a little bit of that might actually go back to, to COVID, right? And, and obviously not a lot of positives from a global pandemic, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, you look at just streaming and video boards and access to live content um, that people were producing. And so we have seen a huge jump in our students who are coming in as you know 17 18 year old freshmen who have experience behind a camera who have experience operating a graphics machine and so um really it gives us an opportunity not to just i mean there's certainly some students who come in raw that we're going to teach them everything from a to z but now we've got students coming in with a baseline knowledge and we can really take their skills and over the course of three four years five years whatever it might be while they're on campus really develop them and, and grow that experience by the time they leave here they're extremely prepared for the real life and for real world, and uh, you know they might go get an internship, but they might go right into a full-time entry-level job. And so it's been really exciting to see, and and kudos really to the high schools and and other you know small venues throughout the throughout the Twin Cities that are are preparing you know these teenage students. But by the time they come to us, they've got a great baseline knowledge that we can then just take and excel and grow upon.
2: That's awesome. We we've interviewed different people on the podcast as well, people that were high school students that are now in college. I believe one was helping out for a minor league baseball yep. team now, and it was asking them about these same type of things and how they helped run a video board in high school times, and it was, yeah, I'm not doing the same thing I was in high school, but I was in that control room, and I understand things as, like, program live, cable runner, like they're, all the terms and stuff they were familiar with. So even though they weren't doing the exact same thing they were doing in high school in, in the college or the minor league area, just being around that terminology and talking helped them a great deal when they left high school.
0: Yeah, and I think then it's also just helped us with with recruiting students and sometimes explaining, you know, what a control room is and, and you know, what some of the terminology is, is really uh, unique to a student that's never been around. It. And so I think it's it's made life even easier for us to recruit students because they come in and, and they're a little bit more proactive than they used to be, where we obviously do a lot of external outreach to, uh, to build that student population. But we see more and more coming in. And it might be even the summer before their freshman year, they shoot us an email, reach out they want to get involved and so uh it's really exciting to see about what the future of the business will look like
1: yeah it's awesome to hear those stories especially about the the students and and coming in with the the knowledge and how you're training them up and they can they can move straight into careers um after after college there but um you were talking control system itself and, and control room do you guys have like one room on campus or do you have multiple rooms in in different uh venues on campus
0: yeah, and that, that that's a great thing. We've kind of uh, transitioned that. And You can imagine with multiple venues and and for all of our different sport programs, uh, we've we've moved the vast majority of our operations to a centralized control room out of Huntington Bank Stadium, and so we're able to invest a, a lot of infrastructure there to then produce different streaming or video shows within Three Arena, at Mariucci, or Williams Arena, or Maturi Pavilion. So um, it's it's been a, a lot of work, and kudos to our go for digital team and engineering staff to put all the infrastructure in place. But that centralized control room within Huntington Bank Stadium has just given us the ability to scale and, and take on more because we're a little bit more efficient with how we have the setup now.
2: And i got to imagine that definitely comes in handy during those what you call the crossover periods, right? Like in November when, I mean, it's still probably chaotic. I'm imagining if there's multiple different sports going on at the same time, but at least getting everything central, it has to help out a little bit.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think that's where and, and we're always trying to find ways and, and budgets are always tight and resources are always lean. But anywhere that we can find some efficiencies and whether that's cutting down on, on setting up cameras or, or, or turning over a control room for a different sport um, and we can have efficiencies in place. You're exactly right. It just gives us the ability to to pivot and be a little bit more flexible as much as possible.
1: Yeah, it's, it's awesome to hear the the flexibility and everything you're doing with that control room. Um, is there anything else about the the new installations that, that are coming to Huntington Bank that we haven't covered that you really want to point out?
0: You know, I, I think for us, and I think, you know, you guys mentioned a little bit about being an outdoor venue. Um, you know, sometimes people see, you know, video board and, oh, why are they getting a new one? This one still works. And I think that's what I'm really excited for our fans to see that just, you know, how the technology's evolved in 12 years and screen resolution and brightness and, and pixels. Like, I think when you put things side by side, it's going to be a pretty big wow factor. And um, I think that comparison is just going to elevate the experience. And, um, you know, I joke with people about, you know, what what was your iPhone like back in 2009? A little bit different than it is today. And so (laughs) I think that's what's exciting. And I think people will see that live in Huntington Bank Stadium this fall. Um, But it will be something that uh, is an elevated experience that I think they can't even visualize it yet just because the technology has improved so much over the last 10 years.
2: (laughs) It's one of those when, hd was even first coming out you're yeah. like sd isn't that bad then you watch it for a while and then you look back and you go oh i watched that and liked yeah. it oh why
0: oh. exactly that's you know we get a little bit spoiled and everything will go in and and you know kudos to Dectronics and everyone else and how rapidly you innovate and, and come up with the next iteration and the minute you put it in you're behind on, on whatever's coming next so we'll enjoy this while we can we'll also starting to plan
2: ahead about what the future is going to bring too. awesome and then kind of one of our wrap-up questions we like to ask too is you know if is there any advice you would give to an athletic director that might be in your situation at another university when they're going through, you know, a renovation of a football stadium, a basketball arena, whatever it may be that you learned during this process? You know, I, I don't know if I'd say I
0: learned during this process, but I, I'd say this, like you, you can never start early enough. And I think that, um, there's always complexities with RFPs and funding and, you know, structural, uh, setups and in labor, but, um, you've got to be ahead on it. I think there's so many things that that consume us day to day. And and what's the fire that you need to put out today? And sometimes long-range planning and, and long-range projects like this, um, you know, get kicked down the curb because it's not the immediate fire. And I, I think that'd be my advice that uh, it's so impactful and it, it impacts every aspect of your game day environment. And your fan base um, has so much upside and, and value for what you're doing every day. Um, how can you make sure that uh, you're, you're thinking long-range and you're planning ahead um because you kick you kick it too long in and you got a bigger problem on your hands. so <laughs> yeah uh, that's the biggest piece is just you know finding ways to be proactive um in, amidst an environment
1: where uh, there's no shortage of fires to put out every single day right right and what you've been talking about every everything here on on campus at the university of minnesota and huntington bank stadium it's got me excited to kind of plan a trip this fall and catch a football game there and Absolutely. see what see what everything's like now that it's going to be new and installed and And check out that club and see what that display looks like, too.
0: Well, you guys are always welcome, um, and uh, we're looking forward. We'll we'll kick off here soon. August August will be here before we know it, and we're looking forward to get back in the stadium, getting back on the field.
1: I can't wait for football. I'm already waiting for the days for college and NFL to start up, so I'm excited. Right. And Mike, we want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and share all of your experiences and, and getting to where you're at today with the University of Minnesota and everything that you've got going on at the university. Thank you. We appreciate it.
0: Well, my pleasure, guys. Appreciate the time and uh, appreciate all you're doing for the industry and uh, for everyone across the board. So thanks for all you're doing.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dectronics Experience Podcast. Please subscribe at your favorite place to listen to podcasts to keep up with our latest episodes.